Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, welcome to the dueling club. I'm Al. And I'm Jen. And you didn't do a weird intro. Yeah. Good job. You make fun of me, so I stop. Well, I make fun of you because I'm your sister, so. But it's also rude. Don't be like her. She's a bully. PSA. I'm not a bully. Totally are. No, I'm not. <clears throat> anyway, how I'm are gonna, you doing? I'm going to scoop back and blow my nose, but... <gasps> really? No, it's muted. Sorry. I blew my nose. I'm okay, though. Yeah? Yeah. So, yes. how are you? I'm okay. How are you? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm fine. That's good. What are you doing? Why are you being a weirdy? Well, you're trying to take my soul away by 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 censoring me, so I'm going to be a robot from now on. Please don't be a robot. Just be yourself. I was just trying to not include people blowing their nose or opening up a can or whatever, so we could just be a tiny little bit more professional. Hello, I am Albot 3000. Well, now you're talking really low. Whatever. <clears throat> Fine, I'm here. What's up? How have you been? I haven't okay. seen you in like a week. I've been sleeping. I don't even know how how like I exist right now. That's how bad my sleep has been. Okay. Sleep two hours here. Sleep one hour here. Sleep nine hours here. Sleep two hours here. I don't know. I don't know how I got here. Uh, I don't know either. Yeah, no. It's not been good. Yeah. I woke up a little congested this morning because we had the AC in the bedroom on because yesterday was 95 degrees. Yeah. Gross. It's not even June or July yet. How is that even happening? I don't like it. And today is just as hot. Yeah. Or supposed to be just as hot. It was. Although there was a breeze when I walked in because it's supposed to rain. Well, I, I tried to explain meteorology. Mm-hmm. To a friend, where it's when somewhere is very hot and dry, it's gonna almost always be followed by rain. Oh yeah, because warm air rises and it pulls the cold air down, and you create a funnel action where all that goes into the clouds and then it rains. Don't talk about stuff going into the cloud. You're such a work nerd. I am, but I can't help it. My brain just stays on no. that. No. No, it does. No. It does, though. No. It does, though. No. It does, though. No. So, anyway. No, I agree. Me, It makes sense. As soon as we get too much of a of a warm front, it's usually followed by some rain. Also, don't quote me on my, my haphazard meteorology. Yeah, he's not a meteorologist. He does not have any degrees in, like... Yeah environmental science or or whatever else meteorologist study correct so disclaimer i am but a harry potter rat (laughs) don't say rat because then we're gonna think that you're no i'm like peter Pettigrew, but i'm cute and not evil yeah no no not evil okay okay cool just check in evil's boring evil's just a (laughs) i will do bad things and it's like why can't you just chill out and have pizza you want to be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? <gasps> you want to be Splinter. Oh my god, yes. Call me Splinter from now on. Oh my goodness. Call me Splinter. No. 
No, maybe. We'll we'll think about it. There you go. So yeah, I woke up with a little bit of a of a stuffed nose today. I'm feeling fine. Otherwise, I'm just you know tired, and I'm also tired. I'm always tired. But my tired was. We actually did a bunch of stuff yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like we ended up going to visit the fiance's mom in the hospital. Yes. She's not she's not doing great right now, but she's she's getting better. Okay. Um, and then mom, we, mom told me about that. Yeah. And though I don't pray. Yeah. It was one of those things where it's like communing with the universe. Like don't you're be like, a dick. hey universe, fix this. Yeah. Like, yeah. like don't be a dick. Yeah. Um, Ukraine is happening. We deserve something good in the world. Chill. Right? Oh, sorry. That was my leggies getting stuck on whatever's down there. Well, stop having cramped leggies. I can't help it. I have long legs. I should remove this board here so you can at least move your legs forward a little bit. That would help. Yeah. I'll think about it. Well, I also have very... We are a family of long leg people. Yeah. We're basically flamingos. It's pretty cool. (laughs) No, it's not that we don't have torsos. It's just that our legs are long. We don't have short torsos. We have regular sized torsos, but long legs. Yeah. Like Rachel Bilson from the OC. She was my example of really short torso and like average legs. So she's super short, but she looks disproportionate. This is a weird conversation that we were having. I, d- I don't know why we're I having it. I don't like it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah, so then afterwards, we hung out with <clears throat> with some of his friends um, just for like a little bit. And then we came back and the apartment, one of the ACs just stopped working. That's not good. Because there was a, a power outage for like an hour while we were out, apparently. Uh-huh. And it fried the the ac great so now we have to buy a new one and it just happens to be the one for the living room great so now we can't be in the living room until we get a new one well except for the temperature going down the rest of the week so we'll be fine as long as we get one this week before temperatures rise yeah well the only thing i've been doing besides sleeping very poorly like a degenerate um a new game came out a couple of days ago called mm-hmm. V Rising, which is short for Vampire Rising. And uh, the whole thing is like, uh, the premise of it is you are, you were once a vampire lord, and then like religion and like holy people came around and were like, no, you suck. And you basically lost all of your power, and you basically just have to explore the world find like special blood and to like rebuild a castle and like to terrorize the world again nice so i don't think you realize this that um i love vampire stuff yeah okay to the point where and and my best friend growing up and to this day she's still my best friend she's a zombie person Uh so anything that has to do with vampires except for twilight I have trouble with that. It doesn't so fit into it. it doesn't fit into the lore. So I'm just gonna boring. let it go. Um, like anything that has to do with vampires, I'm all about it. And her, anything that has to do with zombies, she's all about it. Do you remember the show Ultimate Warrior? Yes. Okay, where they would pit yeah, yeah. different people against each other. They actually did one with zombies versus vampires, and. 
the outcome was that the vampire won, but it was turned into a zombie. Well, the thing so is, technically, is that then that means that they didn't. Neither of them won. That doesn't make sense though, because in all in all lore, if you look at a vampire, it doesn't have the same physiology as a human, because humans use blood to pump oxygen throughout yes. their bodies. Whereas they feed off of blood, it's a whole different thing. You can't, yeah, you can't quantify it with zombies. Are number one, the whole zombies being a virus thing is just one of the trees one of how the possible, zombies yes. work. Yeah. Versus a curse, versus whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I'd like to buy into the virus one because it makes more sense because of the era that we're in now. Yes, but I don't think the virus would work on a vampire, especially I don't think believe so it or not. They're going to get with me. But it definitely wouldn't work on Twilight Vampires. No. Because all of their, like, blood and stuff like that is replaced replaced by venom. Yeah. Which would just destroy any kind of virus, which is why they don't get sick. And, like, when they cut their hair, their hair doesn't regrow. Yeah. Because they stuck the way they're, they're transformed. Everything is replaced with venom. So it definitely wouldn't work on them. That would really suck if you're going through some really difficult times. And like, you know how girls are like, oh, I'll just cut bangs or I'll dye my hair or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, crap, this is never going to grow back. Yep. Holy moly. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Go ahead. But yeah, so it just wouldn't work. I don't know. I don't buy it. I think the vampires just win because it's. I agree. Superhuman with no ability to really stop them. If we're talking about a world where there are no more humans and it's a vampire versus zombies, then both lose because the vampires would eradicate the zombies, but then there'd be no food. There'd be no more blood. Yeah. And they can't eat zombies because zombies don't, yeah. Yeah, they don't have flowing blood. Like, I don't think that coagulated, like, But then we get into the whole issue with Interview with the Vampire where they were feeding off of rats and stuff so i mean True. technically vampires would still potentially win. it also depends on what kind of zombies they are because like walking dead zombies i don't know if they cared i think they didn't care about animals unless they made too much noise and then they yeah. would like attack them either way either way yeah but that's why i would always tell her i don't think that this is true for the last part i think the the vampire would definitely win because they did the whole mathematical this is how Uh many zombies for vampires and whatever i think that the vampire would win i think the zombie would eventually the zombies would lose i do not think that a vampire would be infected with this with the zombie virus quote-unquote like i don't think that that would happen and say that instead of vampires it was werewolves i think the werewolf would lose yeah because the second that it bites the the zombie and it's a virus thing it's not that they're like they're they're immune to anything werewolves are not immune to anything then we would have zombie werewolves zombie werewolf yeah no thank you yeah exactly no that'd be horrifying (laughs) new book idea so You need to get back to getting your first book published. Yeah, actually, actually, you, it's funny that you mentioned it. I was thinking about it hardcore, and there are a couple of chapters I just want to get rid of entirely. No. No, but listen. Get rid of them and and redo the entire chapter, make it longer, and add more. Because the world know. is too small from what I wrote. I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to... You have to read I'll be, it again. Yeah, I'll be your reader... Um, 
I have to get back into reading. I don't want to change stuff. To, I don't know. It's okay. So much. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. But you know what we are going to talk tip, about right writing now? a book? Hard. You know what isn't hard? Many a thing. But in this particular instance, <laughs> liking, following, and subscribing to us on Facebook, our Facebook group, on Instagram, or on Twitter, but whatever. Uh, um, and we always give people shout outs. We do, right? Sorry. Don't we always give people shout outs? Uh, if your name is Max, yes. If your name is Stephanie Persephone, then yes. We give other people shout-outs, We too. would if people were be more active. So, pro tip, be active. So. Yes. And I do talk about the fiancé. So, I mean. Yes, yes, yes. He's he's a good one. I like him. I think I'll keep him. Anyway. That's nice. Yes. So. Moving on. Yes. We're actually going to talk about Harry Potter. Incredible. I know, right? So, very quick, very quick, because we're into the chapter. It's about Harry Potter. Um, apparently, a Disney exec uh, talked to JK to create more Harry Potter content recently. There's an article on my phone, which I think I can still find, actually. No, I don't want Disney to touch Harry Potter. Or Warner Brothers, sorry. Okay. Um, it's because um, the future of... Fantastic Beast 4 is very up in the air because of how poorly 3 did. Well, my problem with 3, and we talked about this already, mm-hmm. is that they need to stop calling it Fantastic Beasts. It's very, It has very little to do with the beasts. It feels like the beasts are an afterthought. Like, I get it. It's Newt's commander, and he's he wrote um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, like the actual book. I get it. It's not even all about him anymore either. So why are we why are we stuck and focused on this one way of seeing things when it's not that? Like name it what it actually is. Let's talk about what it actually is. If you want to throw little little bits and pieces of of beasts in there, cool. We'll like it. Like the chitin, we lo- we love them. We love them. They're cool. They're cute. Um, what um, was Warner the other Brothers, one that we saw? Discovery exec reportedly meeting with Harry Potter creators soon to develop new content. Okay. Finish our stories. Don't leave things up in the air. Finish it off. Even if you want to send it straight to one of the streaming services. Fine. Do that. The, the thing is, is that you don't even have to talk to her. No. You, want, you want to know what people want? One, reboot. Two, mm-hmm. Marauders. Three, more more stuff on the first Wizarding War. Done. Yeah. <clears throat> what? Why do you need to talk to J.K. for her to, for her to help with the screenplay or whatever or to figure out? No, we don't care. M- maybe it might make it sound more authentic coming from her because like she maybe she can switch into that mode and write as certain characters more. Mm-hmm. But number one, she's problematic. Oh, she's and hella she's problematic. Get ultra paid if that happens. If we don't want her to get paid. Writing role. Yeah. And we don't want her to make money off of being who awful. she is. Yes. The thing is, I don't think that she's awful at her core. She just has beliefs that are just non-progressive and like totally alienate the people that who grew up with the books that she wrote. So, you can't but, you can't create a fan base and take a fat poopy on your fan base. That makes no sense. But, 
therein lies my problem with trying to say she's not pro- she's not a bad person because if you have views that are alienating people and their mm-hmm. rights then it's not just an opinion anymore like but the thing is is that she's never gone after their rights she's gone after their experience in saying that a trans woman has the same rights as like a cis woman and i though i don't agree I see where she's coming from, but I also don't think that she needs to use her voice to say that someone's experience isn't as valid as hers. That's my problem. When you have a, a any kind of minority group, mm-hmm. because uh, so, so everybody gets classified some way, and eventually you're part of a minority group, unless you're a white heterosexual male. Yeah. And that's where it stops. Continue. Yeah, that's where it stops. <laughs> I was going to... Um, oh, Christian. Mm. Let's, let's also add that one in. The whole circle. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like if, if you have views that denigrate the experience or demote the rights of a minority group... Keep them to yourself. If no, you have, if you have a voice that reaches millions, that's where I I draw the line and say she's gone from doing bad things to being a bad person because she should understand the power that her voice carries, and now she's using it to alienate, to denigrate, to um, devalue the experiences the lives and experiences of a minority group that has for a very long time until she started being a poopies felt like they belonged somewhere because of her. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the saddest part is that it's like the person who made your sanctuary also thinks you're lesser. Mm -hmm. And that that's got to hurt for sure. I just think that, she needs to sort of open her eyes to the reality of like what the world is now because like what she wrote you know 20 20 20 ish years ago was a tale of like unity and love and, and inclusivity and like something really powerful that showed people that like you don't need to bow your head to injustice mm-hmm. and when you do allow exclusionary practices to occur then everything goes poorly for everyone it's sort of the the big thing where it's like what side of history are you going to be on well she's decided to be not on uh, she's decided to be on the bad side yeah i'm just saying I, i agree and that's the that's the sad thing because like she could have definitely been a spokesperson for being on the right side mm-hmm. and it would have been so powerful yeah, that's, that's, that's my. That's why I again I just don't think that she's a bad person. I do. I think that she is a neutral person, or maybe she was a good person who has decided to do bad things. Yes, but at some point, when you're a a neutral, decent, whatever kind of person, and you continue to decide to do bad things, even though people are like, hey, maybe you should look at the things you're doing because they're bad. If you continue to decide to do the bad things, at some point you you stop being a good person. 
Yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. So that's my stance of why she's now a bad person. Yeah, it's just hard for me to... Because I care so much about Harry Potter. Well, it's... It's so hard for me to go, like, the person who created this thing that gives me so much joy is someone who is just such, like, a crap person. She's problematic. It's... To me, I equate it to... To some, to a lesser degree, of course. But I equate it to... Michael Jackson. Made great music. Was phenomenal at it. Very problematic. Well... Very problematic... To the point where we're substantiated there, kind of, sort of, we don't know, it, but it's it, again, it's problematic. I can still enjoy his music, uh, aside well, from him. Well, even after as his a passing, the, the main, the main person was Macaulay Culkin, right? And even he came out and said like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. I I really think that Michael Jackson had like some kind of mental illness. Oh yeah, in the fact that. He couldn't have a normal childhood, mm-hmm. and thus when he was able to have a childhood, he's already a grown man. And it looks weird. And it looks weird, but yeah. I don't think he had, like... Malicious intent? Malicious intent at all. I, but I'm telling you... No, I understand. I, I, understand. I put it in, in that category, um, just like Gandhi. Gandhi... Oh, God. Uh, for all intents and purposes... <laughs> What we know in general about Gandhi is, or what we're taught in general, he stood up for native Indian people's rights in India in a time where they were being oppressed by the British and, you know, all that. He was a fruitarian. Um, he went on hunger strikes to try to show that there was another way to get things done. Mm -hmm. Right? Sounds great, right? But another Number thing. one, he was racist. Yes, he was. Super racist. Number two, he let his wife die. His wife developed, during one of their hunger strikes, his wife developed an illness that could be treated by modern medicine. And he looked at the doctors and said, nobody, nope, nope. And his wife died. Shortly thereafter, he developed the same illness. Do you know what Gandhi said? He didn't say nobody, nope, nope. The same way he did for his wife. He said, give me that medicine. <laughs> so. There, there are other things about Gandhi as well. I'm, I'm just, I'm know, just giving know, you two examples where this person who, in general, the majority of people think, oh, he's a great, he's a great human being. Symbol he was great. And, and yeah. And no, like- he was a jerk. As well. Yep. Does that take away from the great things he did to further his people? A little bit. <laughs> a, a little bit. But those things still stand it's, it, on it their of, own. It kind of sours them, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but those things still stand on their own. They still did things. They helped improve things. Overall, kind of, kind of a jerk. Yeah. That's... That would be a, a better a better equivalency, a better comparison. Like, she still made this really great series that we love and talk about um, and, and immerse ourselves in. Kind of a jerk. True. 
now let's actually <laughs> get to the episode where we talk about the chapter because this is I like this chapter because we get oh my some God, sauciness. The sass, I love the it. Sass throughout all this. Yes. yes. Okay. Excuse so me. we are in um goodness. Sorry, the stuffiness is finally getting to me a little bit. We are in season five, episode 35, chapter chapter 29, 29, um, careers advice. Before we talk about the chapter, let's do a real quick recap, which is basically Dumbledore's out, Dolores, Umbridge, or as Al referred to her, Dumbridge, um, is in charge and everybody hates it. And the twins are doing their thing, their part, and they set up fireworks that went off everywhere. Wasn't that what it was? I swear, this is going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. I swear I was asleep for this entire chapter. I know you were. Okay. So. Well, well, the the, the recap, because, or when we were doing it, like, recording. uh Uh-huh. But it basically, it's called the the recap. Uh Uh-huh. Snape's first memory. Oh, Yeah. And then, well, so then we get um, Cho still mad at at, at Harry. <laughs> I was going to say a different name. Cho still mad at Harry. Um, we find out Umbridge is trying to figure out where Dumbledore is. Seems like she gave, she put something in Harry's tea and Harry didn't drink it. So was, thank goodness. Was that the last one? That was the last one. Um, that was you- the beginning of that chapter. Um, we find out that She's also trying to figure out where Sirius is. And because she's trying to figure out where Sirius is, she lets it slip that everything, every communication in and out of Hogwarts is being monitored. The only, um, the only fireplace that isn't being monitored is hers. All owl communications in and out are being reviewed. Um, all of the passageways, known and unknown, are being watched by Filch. Well, the biggest thing that we learned from the last chapter is that Snape. Oh yeah, that was kinda, the last one. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Snape's mm-hmm. memory. Snape is kind of right because Harry sees into the past in through Snape's memory and sees that James and his friends Sirius and Lupin and Peter, Peter Pettigrew, um, were bullies. They bullied him. Whenever you say Peter Pettigrew, my initial reaction. Ugh. Yeah, true. Okay. The they were bullies. Yes, they were. Like, like, very cruel. Yeah, but again, and like we said last time, we have to remember we're only seeing one side of it. Because, yes, bullying is terrible. It's awful. Um, they're, they're, let's be real, there should be no instance in which it is allowed. Mm-hmm. But... Were they bullies because were they mean to him because they were actually bullies and had no reason why they were being mean to him, or was it that they were both mean to each other? Well, because granted, it's still wrong either way, but we're only seeing one side of it because we're looking at Snape's memories. The thing is, is that if it's an antagonistic between just Snape and just James, then fine. But we're talking about James and his crew of friends who Lupin obviously took a backseat because he didn't agree with the actions. It's still James 
being pushed to be a bully by Sirius and Peter reveling in the fact that he's friends with the strong crowd, the popular crowd. So I think that it... And so it's a group picking on one person. So even then, like, okay, you can say there's a back and forth, but when you gang up on one person, you're always going to be in the wrong, even if that person is a complete douche. I agree. I do want to point out, however... That the reason Snape doesn't have any friends other than Lily is because he's kind of the weird guy. Yeah, but so, no, no, no. He doesn't deserve it mm-hmm. at all. I I don't believe that that's an excuse for what's happening. The only reason I think it's three on one, well, technically two on one. <coughs> technically. Um, instead of two on two or three on two is because... Snape doesn't have the close group of friends that James did. If he had, I think it would have been a more fair fight. I think both groups would have gone after each other, Um, which doesn't make it any better. But again, like I said, we're just seeing one side of it. We don't know the other side of it. We also see the fact that in anger... Snape turns to racism. Oh, yeah. By calling Lily a mudblood. Yes. When she stood up for him. Yes. I understand it's a matter of pride, but also, no. No, you don't do that. You're, you are not. The one not person justified. who cares about you, you're going to poo-poo on them? Exactly. You're not no. justified in being an a, a, almost said a bad word. I know. I, I heard it. You are not justified in being a, a mean person because you're embarrassed. Especially to the person who is trying to stand up for you. Yeah. Like, no. Snape is... I understand that he's tired of being bullied and that he doesn't want anyone... But she's not bullying him. I know. But he... And he, he doesn't want anyone to... It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for someone to... I know it sounds like really backwards, but it's like... A, it's almost like a guy thing, I think. Almost exclusively. Well, get out of your ego. Like... I'm sorry, it's a, your, your ego can be bruised all you want. Fine. But guess what? Suck it up and accept the help where it is. Like, if she got them to stop messing with you, say cool thanks. Like, and just move on. I agree. Okay. But I, I've been him before. Not in that I've insulted someone who's standing up for me, but I've gotten mad at people who stood up for me because, like, let me do it myself. So I I totally get it, um, but that that's the recap. That's a long recap. That was a long recap because it was a good. It was a good. It was because Harry chapter. Harry throughout up until that point we're talking about four and a half books. We're halfway through five. Books. Yeah, four and a half books has been told that his dad is like such a great person and everyone has such fond memories of him, and he sees his dad in the complete opposite way. Yes, bullying someone just because they're different or because. He doesn't like him or whatever. And it's like, oh my God, my dad is like Malfoy, like Draco. Yeah. Like, no way. Yeah. Which becomes a focal point in the latter half of this book where he tries to get confirmation from other people that like what he's seeing is like a one-off or something irregular, uncommon. And a slight spoiler, it's kind of not. But here's here's the thing, though. Like, James spent six years bullying Snape. Six years, dude. 
But Snape spent that same amount of time doing things to him, too. Like The thing is that we have no evidence of that. Uh, we do, though. No, we don't. All we have is evidence of Snape, like, doing uh, or developing magic or hanging around with the wrong crowd. But never him bullying anyone. Never him attacking anyone. It's always at, like, other people that he associates with. So he with made the spells he made to not attack anyone? I mean, which spells did he make? The one that the only one that he made is one that I can think of later. Yeah. Well, so that pro- one specifically. He probably came up with it because he wanted to attack James. Okay, we'll talk about it when we get there. Right now, we have to actually talk about this chapter. Fine. Okay, so now that we've given you a recap and gone off on a tangent, now we're going to get to the chapter careers advice. It's so good. As spring break begins, Hermione wonders why Harry's occlumency lessons have abruptly ended. I think it's very telling that he did not talk to his friends about it because he's holding on to this now new image of his dad being a douchebag. Yep. Yeah. Harry claims Snape said he was good enough. You're right. Bro. Harry's so bad at occlumency, I could stand next to him and peer into what he's thinking about. Exactly. Um, seeing that Harry is upset, Hermione asks him if he and Cho had a, a row, 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 yeah. And Harry, not willing to discuss what he discovered about his father, sees the, the chance to admit that they had found out about Marietta. Okay, so he actually says fought that. about Marietta. Oh, fought about Marietta. My bad. It's fine. You're fine. Yeah. So. Um, so she asks him, and, uh, Harry says, just drop it, Hermione, and then Ron's face smiles, uh, he was smiling, and then Hermione mentioned Quidditch, and Ron stopped smiling, (laughs) and he's like, what's the point, we don't have a chance of winning, and as dad's, um, we've got, (laughs) he actually says, We've got about as much of a chance of winning the Quidditch Cup this year as Dad's got of becoming Minister of Magic. Damn. (sighs) And then that's when Hermione is like, I saw Cho earlier and she looked really miserable too. Um, Have you two had a, a row again? And he's like, what? Oh yeah, we have. What about the sneak friend of hers, Marietta? Yeah, well, I don't blame you," said Ron angrily. "If it hadn't been for her, and he, and that's when Ron goes into a rant about Marietta." Well, Harry doesn't want to talk about Marietta or Cho. He actually just wants to talk to Sirius, though that is seemingly impossible since owls are checked. All means of communication in and out of Hogwarts are checked, basically. Um, but uh, Ginny is like, well, you know. Having grown up with Fred and George, I don't think anything is actually impossible. So, I mean, there's that. Because Harry does have the one bit of information that would help him talk to Sirius. Which is the one unregulated fireplace, like you said earlier in the recap, Mm -hmm. is Dumbridge's. So, Meanwhile, a notice has been posted announcing career counseling for all fifth years. While Harry, Ron, and Hermione browse career choices... Fred and George approach, saying they have a diversion planned for 5 p.m. Monday, so Harry can use Umbridge's fireplace to contact Sirius then. 
Harry ignores Hermione's warning, determined to contact Sirius. And no, again, this entire thing is so he can talk about his dad. Yep. Because this is something that it... It's sort of the foundation of his personality and understanding of the magical world is that both of his parents are fantastic people that everyone loves and that they respect and that's why they they cherish Harry so much or what some people cherish yeah. Harry so much besides the fact that he is a good well-meaning kid yeah is that his parents are good people and, and now that's been challenged his he, dad is not a good person he still has the holding on to his mom being a good person because his mom did stick up for Snape yes. and and did try to help mm-hmm. with with not a great outcome which, for her which then also challenges the fact that how could they be in love if his dad is such a douche and his mom is so nice, and the one time that he sees his dad ask his mom out, she's like, absolutely not ever. <sighs> Again, it challenges everything that he knows from other people. He's a teenager. Yes. Like, I, I want I want to remind everybody, again, as we do throughout the entire series... He's a teenager who's able to formulate his thoughts and opinions and feelings based off of what his teenage brain allows him to do. I'm sorry, developmentally, he is not in a place where he can understand that people aren't just um, figuratively black and white. Mm -hmm. Their feelings aren't just one or the other. He doesn't get to, he doesn't understand that there's this wide spectrum of things Mm -hmm. that, yeah, your dad can be a douche in one instance and then in a couple of years turn into a less douchey version of himself that his mom is like, you know, maybe I should give James a chance. Well, that's, that's the thing is really, really funny is that someone posted in like one of the Harry Potter groups, I mean, like memes and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like Harry Potter's ability to create excuses go from this to this. And the examples were in Chamber of Secrets when he tries to go to uh, Myrtle's bathroom and is caught by uh, McGonagall. McGonagall. And he's just like, well, yeah, we haven't seen her in so long. And I wanted to talk to her to tell her that the, the Mandrake drafts are going to be ready soon. So she'll be fine. Uh, to McGonagall's like, oh my god, you're such a good friend. Okay, go, go, go. To uh, in Half-Blood Prince, which is next. Runel. Well, and this is your book, Potter? Yes. Then why does it say Runel Waslin? It's like, <laughs> that's my nickname. <laughs> like, Harry Potter just goes from one extreme to the other. Really great excuse to, that's my nickname. <laughs> Runel Waslin? Yes, I love it. It's okay. so good. Oh my god. So, yeah. Um... Okay, on Monday, the day that the diversion is planned, Harry arrives for his careers advice meeting with Professor McGonagall. So the careers advice notice says, all fifth years will be required to attend a short meeting with their head of house during the first week of the summer term, in which they will be given the opportunity to discuss their future careers. Times of individual appointments are listed below. Yes. So, yes. Anyway, uh, Harry arrives for his career's advice meeting with Professor McGonagall, only to find um, a Dumbridge uh, is there to observe. Harry wants to be an Auror, a dark wizard catcher, and McGonagall begins outlining what courses he needs. Umbridge interrupts, saying Harry should consider another occupation because his defense against the dark arts grades are too low and he has a criminal record. Hold on. 
I have. We have. No, you have to, to read, read this. this entire thing. We have to. We have to. I, I will stop randomly to read the like little synopsis yeah. portion, but you have to read the paragraphs because okay. they're so, incredible. So, um, McGonagall says, "Have you had any thoughts about what you'd like to do after you leave Hogwarts?" Harry's first response is, "Er, <laughs> er, er." Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, Professor McGonagall prompts Harry. Well, I thought maybe being an or. You'd need top grades for that, said Professor McGonagall, extracting a small, dark leaflet from under the mass of her desk and opening it. They ask for a minimum of five newts and nothing under exceeds expectations grade, I see. Then you would be required to undergo a stringent series of character and aptitude tests at the Auror office. It is a difficult career path, Potter. They only take the best. In fact, I don't think anybody has been taken on in the last three years. And then Umbridge gives a quiet cough, whatever. Um, you want to know which subjects you ought to take, I suppose. She went on taking a little bit, talking a little bit more loudly than before. Yes, said Harry. Defense against the dark arts, I suppose. Naturally, said Professor McGonagall crisply. I would also advise. Professor Umbridge gives another cough, a little more audible this time. <laughs> Professor McGonagall closes her eyes for a moment, <laughs> g- opened them again, <laughs> and continued as though nothing had happened. Oh my goodness. I have done this so many times recently at work. I will be on a phone call and somebody will say something so utterly ridiculous in the middle of me saying something like they've interrupted me. So I'm still talking. And then they say, well, the sky is purple. I'm just giving an example. Yes, yes, yes. And I will be in the middle of saying something and I'll hear the sky is purple and I'll stop. And then continue. <laughs> because I, I can't. It is so bad that I cannot even acknowledge that that thing was said. Yeah. Aside from the sigh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then she says, um, McGonagall continues, I would also advise transfiguration because artists frequently need to transfigure or untransfigure in their work. And I ought to tell you now, Potter, that I do not expect, uh, I do not accept students into my new classes unless they have achieved exceeds expectations or higher at ordinary wizarding level at the owls. Um, I'd say you are averaging acceptable at the moment. So you'll need to put in some good hard work before the exams to stand a chance of continuing. Then you ought to do charms, always useful, and potions. Yes, potions. Yes, Potter potions. Uh, She added with the merest flicker of a smile. Potions and antidotes are essential study for ours, and I must tell you that Professor Snape absolutely refuses to take students who get anything other than outstanding in their owls. So, (sighs) Professor Umbridge gave her most pronounced cough yet. May I offer you a cough drop, Dolores? I love it. I love it. And she says it without even looking at Dumbridge. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, thank you very much. I just wondered whether I could make the teeniest interruption, Minerva. <sighs> I dare say you'll find you can, said Professor McGonagall through tightly gritted teeth. I was just wondering whether Potter, Mr. Potter has quite the temperament of an auror. 
Were you? Well, Potter, if you are serious on this ambition, I would advise you to concentrate hard on bringing your transfiguration and potions up to scratch. I see Professor Flitwick has graded you between acceptable and exceeds expectations for the last two years, so your charm work seems satisfactory. As for a defense against the dark arts, your marks have been generally high. Professor Lupin, in particular, thought you... Are you quite sure you wouldn't like a cough drop, Dolores? Oh, no, thank you, Minerva. <laughs> Sorry, simple Professor Umbridge, who had just coughed her loudest yet. I was just concerned that you might not have Harry's most recent defense against the dark arts marks in front of you. I'm quite sure I slipped in a note. What, this thing? said Professor McGonagall in a tone of revulsion as she pulled a sheet of pink parchment from between the leaves of Harry's folder. She glanced down at it, her eyebrows slightly raised, then placed it back into the folder without comment. Yes, as I was saying, Professor um, Potter. Potter, Professor Lupin thought you showed a pronounced aptitude for the subject, and obviously for an or. Did you not understand my note, Minerva? Asked uh, Professor Dumbridge in honey tones, quite forgetting to cough. Of course I understood it, said Professor McGonagall. Her teeth clenched so tightly the words came out a little muffled. Well then, I am confused. I'm afraid I don't quite understand how you can give Mr. Potter false hope that... False hope? repeated Professor McGonagall, still refusing to look around at Professor Umbridge. He has achieved high marks in all his defense against the dark arts tests. I'm terribly sorry to have to contradict you, Minerva, but as you will see from my note, Harry has been achieving very poor results in his classes with me. I should have made my meaning plainer, said Professor McGonagall, turning at last to look at Umbridge directly in the eyes. He has achieved high marks in all defense against the dark arts tests set by a competent teacher. (laughs) Oh, the slow burn, Minerva! I love it. Professor McGonagall, like, she's queen. Queen. Like, I cannot even tell you. Like, okay. In in the entire Harry Potter series, Hermione, I love Hermione. She's awesome. She's She is a bad A witch. We know what the A stands for, but we're going to keep it, you know, PG, PG thirteen, you know. Minerva McGonagall is goals. Mm-hmm. She's the one that all of the young witches should be looking at. Like that's who I want to aspire to be. When I grow up, I want to be Professor McGonagall. Not only because she's intelligent and she's she's the head of house for Gryffindor, um, and she's been at the school forever, and like she's she's a great person to talk to, but the sass of it all. Yep. I love it. And she will put you in your place in a second. Professor Umbridge's smile vanished as suddenly as a light bulb blowing. She sat back in her chair, turned a sheet on her clipboard, and began scribbling very fast indeed, her bulging eyes rolling from side to side. Professor McGonagall turned back to Harry, her thin nostrils flared, her eyes burning. Any questions, Potter? Yes, said Harry. What sort of character and aptitude tests do the ministry do on you if you get enough newts? Well, you'll need to demonstrate the ability to react well to pressure and so forth, said Professor McGonagall. Perseverance and dedication, because our training takes 
a further three years, not to mention very high skills in practical defense. It will mean a lot more study even after you left school, so unless you're prepared to... I think you'll also find, said Dumbridge, her voice very cold now, that the ministry looks into the records of those applying to be or, uh, ors, uh, their criminal records. Unless you're prepared to take even more exams after Hogwarts, you should really look at another... Which means that this boy has as much chance of becoming an Auror as Dumbledore has of ever returning to this school. A very good chance, then, says Professor McGonagall. The sass. Potter has a criminal record. Potter has been cleared of all charges, said Professor McGonagall, even more loudly. Professor Umbridge stood up. She was so short that it did not make a great deal of difference, but her fussy, simpering demeanor had given place to a hard fury that made her broad, flabby face look oddly sinister. Potter has no chance whatsoever of becoming an Auror. Professor McGonagall got to her feet, too, and in the, in her case, this was a much more impressive move. She towered over Professor Umbridge. Potter, she said in ringing tones, I will assist you to become an Auror if it is the last thing I do. If I have to coach you nightly, I will make sure you achieve the required results. The Minister of Magic will never employ Harry Potter, said Umbridge, her voice raising or rising furiously. There may well be a new Minister of Magic by the time Potter is ready to join, shouted Professor McGonagall. Aha! shrieked Professor Umbridge, I'm sorry, Dumbridge, pointing a stubby finger at McGonagall. Yes, 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 of course. That's what you want, isn't it, Minerva McGonagall? You want Cornelius Fudge replaced by Albus Dumbledore. You think you'll be where I am, don't you? Senior undersecretary to the minister and headmistress to boot. You're raving, said Professor McGonagall, superbly disdainful. Uh, Potter, that concludes our career consultation. I love it. Like, not only did she put Dumbridge in her place multiple times, but then she's like, you know what? If it is the last thing I do, Potter, you will become an Auror. Yes. You will. Just so that this little wench here doesn't get the last say. I will do what needs to happen. Are you prepared, sir? Because <laughs> this is going down. Later, Hermione pleads with Harry to forego breaking into Umbridge's office. But Harry, hearing the twins' diversion upstairs, dons his invisibility cloak and enters Umbridge's office. Using Umbridge's fireplace, Harry contacts Grimald Place. Lupin greets him, then fetches Sirius. Harry asks about his father. Sirius admits that he and James were once reckless bullies, but Snape was already up to his eyes in the dark arts, and not such an innocent victim. Harry also expresses his worry that his mother married a man that she hated in school. Hold on. So let's read it. Let me let me finish the okay. Um But it turns out that his parents' relationship began... Uh, comfortably in their seventh year. Okay. Go. So then he says, no, I just wanted to talk about my dad. And they exchange a look of great surprise, but Harry did not have time to feel awkward or embarrassed. Um, when he had finished, so he tells, he therefore plunged immediately into the story of what he had seen in the pensive. Um, when he had finished, neither Sirius nor Lupin spoke for a moment. Then Lupin said quietly, I wouldn't like you to judge your father on what you saw there, Harry. He was only 15. I'm 15, said Harry heatedly. Again, his brain can't comprehend mm -hmm. that people can be multiple things. Yes. 
Look, Harry, said Sirius, uh, placatingly. James and Snape hated each other from the moment they set eyes on each other. It was just one of those things. You can understand that, can't you? Yes, he can, because that's how he feels about Draco. Mm-hmm. Um, I think James was everything Snape wanted to be. He was popular. He was good at Quidditch. Got good at pretty much any everything. And Snape was just like this little oddball who was up to his eyes in the dark arts. And James, whatever else he may have appeared to you, Harry, always hated the dark arts. Yeah, said Harry. But he just attacked Snape for no good reason. Just because, well, just because you said you were bored. He finished with a slightly apologetic note in his voice. I'm not proud of it, said Sirius quickly. Lupin looked sideways at Sirius and then said, Look, Harry, what you've got to understand is that your father and Sirius were the best in the school at whatever they did. Everyone thought they were the height of cool. If they sometimes got a bit carried away. If we were sometimes arrogant little burks, you mean, said Sirius. What's a burk? Look it up later. Lupin smiled. He kept messing up his hair, said Harry in a pained voice. Sirius and Lupin laughed. I'd forgotten he used to do that, said Sirius affectionately. Was he playing with a snitch? said Lupin eagerly. Pause. Yes. Burke means a stupid person. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. I thought you would want to know. I didn't know that that's what it was. Now we know. Yep. Yeah, said Harry, watching uncomprehendingly as Sirius and Lupin beamed reminiscently. Well, I thought he was a bit of an idiot. Of course he was a bit of an idiot, said Sirius bracingly. We were all idiots. Well, not Mooney so much, he said fairly looking at Lupin, but Lupin shook his head. Did I ever tell you to lay off Snape, he said. Did I ever have the guts to tell you I thought you were out of order? Yeah, well, said Sirius, you made us feel ashamed of ourselves sometimes. That was something. And, said Harry doggedly, uh, determined to say everything that was on his mind now he was here. He kept looking over at the girls by the lake, hoping they were watching him. Oh, well, he always made a fool of himself whenever Lily was around, said Sirius, shrugging. He couldn't stop himself showing off whenever he got near her. How come she married him? Harry asked miserably. She hated him. No, no, she didn't, said Sirius. She started going out with him in seventh year, said Lupin. Once James had deflated his head a bit, said Sirius. Yeah, and stopped hexing people just for the fun of it, said Lupin. Uh, Even Snape, said Harry. Well, well, um, Snape was a special case. I mean, he never lost an opportunity to curse James. So you couldn't really expect James to take that lying down, could you? This is what I mean. Like, maybe the maybe they stopped ganging up on him eventually. And maybe it was just one on one. But I feel like. If Snape never missed an opportunity to mess with James, he would, he James would, would do the same. Exactly. And my mom was okay with that. She didn't know too much about it, to tell you the truth, said Sirius. I mean, James didn't take Snape on dates with her and jinx him in front of her, did he? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on, I'm bringing a special guest on our date. Oh my who? Snivellous. Sirius frowned at Harry, who was still looking unconvinced. Look, he said. Your father was the best friend I ever had, and he was a good person. A lot of people are idiots at the age of 15. He grew out of it. 
Yeah, okay, said Harry heavily. I just never thought I'd feel sorry for Snape. Now you mention it, said Lupin, a faint crease between his eyebrows. How did Snape react when you found out he you'd seen all this? He told me he'd never teach me occlumency again, said Harry indifferently. Like, that's a big disappointment. He what? shouted Sirius, causing Harry to jump and inhale a mouthful of ashes. Are you serious, Harry? said Lupin quickly. He stopped giving you lessons? Yeah, said Harry, surprised at what he considered a great overreaction. But it's okay. I don't care. It's a bit of relief to tell you the... Okay, so we're going to skip forward a little bit. Yes. And this is when we hear, um, I better go. Um, because the, it sounds like they hear somebody coming downstairs. And Siri, and Harry says, is that creature coming downstairs? No, and Sirius says, no, you, you better hurry it up. So exiting Umbridge's office, Harry discovers that Fred and George have been caught. Umbridge threatens severe punishment. But the twins proclaim that they have had enough formal education. Summoning their confiscated brooms, which break through Umbridge's office door, uh, they prepare to depart. As they leave, they tell students to visit their new joke shop in Diagon Alley. So, hold on a second. This is where I am. So, when he leaves, mm -hmm. he puts on his invisibility cloak, he uses as the map, he does this and that, and then he hears commotion. It is so much better than what happens in the movie where he's straight out caught with his head in the fire. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like this makes more sense per the, <coughs> the, the story, the characters that he'd be like, Oh, I got a dip. Like I got to go. Something's happening. Mm -hmm. Let me use my invisibility cloak and sneak, 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 sneak. Instead of I'm going to keep talking until somebody walks in and finds me. Yep, no. Yeah. Okay. Um, as they leave, they tell students to visit the new joke shop in Diane Alley, then give Peeves the Poltergeist a final salute, which I'm going to read the last bit because I love it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Stop them, shrieked Umbridge, but it was too late. As the in Inquisitorial squad closed in, Fred and George kicked off from the floor, shooting 15 feet into the air, the iron peg swinging dangerously below. Fred looked across the hall at the poltergeist bobbing on his level above the crowd. Give her hell from us, Peeves. And Peeves, whom Harry had never seen, uh, yeah, had never seen take an order from a student before, swept his belled hat from his head and sprang to a salute as Fred and George wheeled about to tumultuous applause from the students below and sped out of the open front doors into the glorious sunset. I love it. And little spoiler, Peeves does in fact give her hell yes i like it i like I'm it i'm so lot. sad that peeves isn't in any of the movies but he's in hogwarts legacy oh yeah so if you think i'm not becoming best friends with peeves you are mistaken <laughs> mistaken in december yeah so be it listen friendships take a while to grow this is true all right everyone that's the chapter yes um we we had a good time talking about it. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about a lot of things. And <laughs> and that is it. And we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye. Bye. I want Peeves as a friend. <laughs>